The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking for healthcare innovators and digital teams. Here on the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that the healthcare experience has to change and we're trying to do something about it. We can either stand back and let it take another 50 years or we can jump in right now. And I think you know how we roll. We're not going to coast in neutral. We're hitting the gas. Come be a part of it. Each week, we talk about the topics that you need to know about and act on to be part of the digital transformation movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced digitally and the backstage strategies for marketing, operations, and digital teams to drop the silos and stay ahead of the curve. We recently passed 160 episodes in three years on the air. We're now wrapping up season five, which has been our quest to answer whether it's even possible to provide the healthcare experience that consumers desire. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about how healthcare is at a crossroads. We have the opportunity right now to decide between the path we've followed up to this point and the new path that's being built before our eyes. So where do we go from here? I'll talk about that. Then Todd Hartley, CEO of WireBuzz, is in the house to share some provocative thinking about telling the right business stories, leveling up our content game, and challenging the notion that buyers have short attention spans. This episode is jam-packed, and we have a lot to share along the way. It's time to dive right in. You ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. Healthcare's at a crossroads, and its future success may very well depend on which path you and I choose to follow. We have the opportunity right now to decide between the path we've followed up to this point and the new path that's being built right before our eyes. One is heading towards obsolescence, while the other is heading toward a new destination that can change everything. In design thinking terms, the job to be done is operationalizing consumer-first healthcare. Our system has resisted this path historically. We've thrown everything at it to try and block the path. We've stuck our heads in the sand hoping to avoid change. If we didn't know better, we might think that our organizations prefer living in a world where consumers don't have the power to make the choices to be healthier and more well. Consumer-first healthcare sounds great, but how will we get there? By opening up our views and our conversations from here on out. We can't put consumers at the center of our thinking until we understand their entire journey, not just the portion of the journey where they pull into the parking lot at a clinic or download an app. I mean the entire journey. Everything else stems from putting the consumer in the center of the design process. Each of us has to understand the big picture first. Then we can turn back to our day-to-day jobs and bring unquestionable value. Because we're helping improve an experience for somebody, what's our part, you ask? If your job has any marketing responsibilities, your part is to be an evangelist for the consumer. 
You should know them better than anyone. You can bring a new level of focus and prioritization to those whose decision-making tends to come from a patriarchal order of their clinical or administrative backgrounds that are clouded in tears and bureaucracy. You can help them see through the smoke and focus on what matters. You should be able to provide quantified data with such unquestionable value on a regular basis that if you're not a decision-maker now, your organizations will have no choice but to make you one. If your job has any digital transformation responsibilities, your job is to be invested in the process and see yourself as part of a team that includes marketing, IT, and business strategy. You're not just building things or maintaining things. You're implementing tools and connecting data in order to provide moments of delight along a consumer's journey. Big difference. This has been one of the most taxing, challenging periods our industry has ever experienced. But in between the tsunami, we saw glimpses of what the future will look like. To some, it's intimidating. To innovators like you and me, it's invigorating. And now it's our obligation to pick up the torch and create the vision for everyone else to see. To hold the standard high so others can overcome their exhaustion and frustration and rally around it. So we can build a better healthcare system. Better than sick care. Hospitals will have their part, but they won't always be at the center. And we should celebrate that. You choose. Either marketing backward or marketing forward. Either digital obsolescence or digital transformation. Either consumer lip service or consumer first. You're tired, but we want you to be proud. Hold your head high and know what's coming. The future's bright, and you'll be a part of it. And that's the flavor of the Week. The flow, the flow, the flow. Okay, listeners, check this out. Rarely do we have this amount of energy going on on the podcast. I mean, we like to bring you some seriously energetic folks, but I'm especially glad to tee this one up for you. I've got Todd Hartley in the house. Todd's the CEO of Wirebuzz. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Todd and I have the benefit of both residing in the Valley of the Sun. It's a lot of fun. Well, maybe not this time of year, Todd. We can get into that. I don't know if this wrecks your golf game or not or whatever when it's 197 degrees outside, you know, that kind of thing. But listeners, you got to know Todd. Todd's the rock star of remote selling, video marketing, and sales optimization. He's one of Tony Robbins' Business Mastery faculty speakers. He's trained each of Tony's 74 businesses how to sell remotely. Think about that. Todd delivers high-octane keynotes all over the world. He's spoken in front of thousands of people. There are things that you would think would make him nervous, but he doesn't get nervous in the same way because he is prepared for these types of speeches. His strategies have earned his sales and marketing optimization agency called Wirebuzz. They've earned Wirebuzz a spot on the Inc. 5000 list as one of the fastest growing privately held businesses in America. Welcome, Todd, to the Healthcare Wrap. Oh my God, Jared, I'm so excited to do this. We're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of energy, but we're going to drop a ton of value right here for your listeners. Even just starting with your intro right there, letting people know we've got some stuff for you to to think about, to take away. I will say one thing that has always excited me is I mentioned the thing that finally got us hooked to say, like, how can I get Todd on the podcast finally, which I think about regularly because I see the types of videos you drop on LinkedIn and they lead with an attention getting scenario. And then you go into, it always ends with a business takeaway. I love that model. We're going to see if we can follow that model here on the program today, but I want to give you you know a moment or two to, to dive in a little bit more and, and fill in that bio and anything I didn't mention. Uh, how are things going for you? And, and tell us a little more about yourself. 
I'm particularly nerdy about the way that we're able to use marketing to help elevate patient outcomes. I'm a member of the American Society of Breast Surgeons Board of Directors. I'm sure we're going to get into some tactics and strategies, but primarily what I appreciate is going through the healthcare experience with family members and my wife and even myself, and then being able to help support patients and physicians elevate care. And that's what fires me up every day. That's fantastic. We are going to get into that because I think I was just saying in our in our little pre-show chat right now, I know so many people, I would say the majority, I'd venture to say the majority of folks who have landed in healthcare and have stayed in healthcare have a reason. And that reason has a name and a face and it's someone who's part of your life. And that is something that not every industry can say. It's something that that kind of combines us together and in a good way. Uh, that helps us just relate and, and have some empathy for what we're doing, which leads to the question, hey, what are we doing? What, what are we talking about today? There's a couple of things I want to get into specifically. Let's start with a post you recently threw out there on LinkedIn. And folks, when I say Todd throws something out there, I'm talking about a highly produced quality short video that's packed with knowledge and leads you with the takeaway and that's what I mean by, by just a, a post. It's not just talking up with something, threw it out there. Todd's putting seriously high quality stuff out there on a regular basis. But this was a post recently that was talking about how marketers can sometimes fool themselves into thinking that the reason their marketing isn't landing, isn't gaining any traction is because their prospects just can't focus. And they start tricking themselves into thinking about the attention span of their prospects as being the problem. Let's start with this one and we'll go off from here. But but can you tell us like what the thought is on that? And I'm curious, like what led you to, to post that? So there's a lot of marketers at a variety of different levels in their careers that live under this assumption that their prospects have short attention spans and that's why they can't convince and convert. But the reality is their prospects' attentions are just fine. The truth is their stories just suck. And and that may be a harsh reality. Let's pull off the scab, but Netflix holds people for two hours a day on average. And there are 300 million worldwide paying Netflix customers and an additional 2.5 people that poach in on every Netflix account. So Netflix is a, is a monster. Now, how could it be if people have short attention spans that our couches look like they've got butt divots in every major spot? If people have short attention spans, it shouldn't work that way. So I look at that and I just think, There's just marketers that have surrendered their responsibility to be compelling storytellers and be interesting. And instead, they've blamed it on their prospects, which is an indicator of a marketer that has stopped innovating. And I just like to just call it the way it is and just say, let's up our game. Let's tell better stories. Let's hold their attention. And while we're doing that, let's move them through the knowledge transfer that they need to have in order to make a purchase decision. So talk about that. Let's let's dive into that a little bit. The the knowledge transfer process. What does that typically look like, and what are, what are you inviting marketers to do differently? Well, I've studied attention my whole life, and to understand knowledge transfer, you got to first understand. I grew up with attention disorders, so I've struggled with it my whole life. And what I've realized is, and this is the key: you're either interested or you're not. Okay. 
And if you can figure out what your prospects' interests are, you market to them as a group with certain interests. Because like, let's, for example, if we're talking about the NBA and you're trying to get me to go to the Suns game, which is either tonight or tomorrow, I don't remember, but they're in the playoffs right now. But if you send me something that's about the Timberwolves or just the NBA in general, I'm not interested. But if you send me something that's about the Suns, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to read the whole damn thing. Marketers should be learning the power of personalization and of relevance. And by making their content personalized and relevant to their audience, they will hold them all the way through the entire conversation. Make sense? Makes a lot of sense. So it's like, get rid of the concept of one size fits all marketing, because that's not appealing to anybody. And start thinking about who those individual types of persona groups are and speak to those groups in a way that commands their attention. So when we're talking about the business story itself, the thing that has the potential to hook you to continue the conversation, what's the difference between one that works and one that doesn't? Yeah, it can be summed up in one word, story. Because story is the glue that's going to bind your prospect's attention into your solution. So you have to tell a compelling story. And that story has to not just be um, somebody talking to camera, but we've got to realize that everybody we're marketing to, everybody we're selling to, or trying to influence, or a patient that we're trying to help get better outcomes, all of them are children of the television generation, which means you've got to do more than just have somebody talking to the camera. If you watch the news, when the news is, when the reporter is talking about something, they cut away and they show you supportive footage called B-roll. If you're looking at a TV show, you're going to have somebody talking to the camera or something playing out and then you're going to see B-roll in a light music bed. Marketers need to be incorporating all of the bells and whistles that storytellers in the television medium have done and then bring that into their business because people are four times more likely to watch video than to read text on the page. And when they're done watching, they're 85% more likely to buy. So all we're doing is optimizing the way that we transfer knowledge and people will process the information, remember it, retain it, and share it with other people at a significantly higher rate if you do those stories in video compared to text and images. And text and images are supportive. They play an important role. But the bulk of the knowledge transfer happens with video. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Hey, this is Scott Burgess from Healthcare 360, the fair and balanced healthcare podcast, exploring everything you wish you knew about healthcare, but don't. Join us weekly in an open, transparent conversation with some of the biggest names, 
in the healthcare business surrounding this one question and one question only. Had you known there were other options to exhaust and explore before you travel down the traditional healthcare route, how would you weigh those options against what you think healthcare and medicine really is? For more information about Healthcare 360 and how together we can help transform lives, visit scotteburgess.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us anywhere you enjoy listening. See you there. What's keeping marketers from figuring this out? Because it feels like, you know, the continuation of a conversation that happens in say, like at marketing conferences and associations and between colleagues, we're like, yeah, of course we're doing our business story right. What keeps us from actually nailing it? Sometimes it's fear. Other times it's lack of experience. And sometimes it is not having the freedom to think outside of what your company has already done. Right? So... I've been trailblazing in this space for easily, I don't know, 15 years and a digital marker for 20 plus. What I've discovered most of the time is the knee-jerk reaction is, yeah, Todd, that's great, but we've never done anything like this in our industry. And what they forget is everybody they're selling to are children of the television generation. And they get swept up in stories all day long and they butt divot at every couch they sit on because of the power of stories. So business just needs to get really comfortable identifying those stories. So in a practice, the practice needs to identify the successful patient outcome stories. If you're selling a software to help a practice, you need to identify the practices that have had massive impact because of your software and tell that story. But you tell the story from the customer's perspective not from your business's perspective. And most people get that wrong. They think they're doing a commercial because they've seen that. But the reality is if you want to hold somebody through and you want it, a commercial, people are going to keep their gloves up over their face. They're going to be protected. But when you tell a story and the music kicks in, it's like, da, na, 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 and you see the patient and the patient's mom walking into the room and the patient talks to you about how her and her mom have gone through this problem together over her life. Now you're like, you fall into the story and there's a magic, there's like a magnet that pulls you into it. So we just need to get better at identifying the red flag moments inside the practice or inside of your project that you're working on. That red flag is, oh my God, that's a great story. And then we need to lift that up and tell it in a way that is super memorable and transforms the recipient, because now they have the knowledge in their head. Do you see good examples of this anywhere in like healthcare or you know medical everywhere. or anything? Yes. Is that what you're asking me for? You want me to give an example? Yeah, just anything, anything you've seen or, or just the, the thought of like what, All right. what makes it successful, particularly in healthcare? Well, in Myriad Genetics, Myriad Genetics are the ones that um, they're a four or $5 billion company. They're a client of mine. They patented the human genome originally, maybe 30 years ago. And when they approached me, they were looking to get surgeons and that are using their assay to determine if a, uh, what type of uh, hereditary cancer that patient is dealing with. And then what they discovered is there are actually three different types of surgeons. There's believers that have been using their test for 25 years. There's dabblers that order occasionally. And then there's non-believers that don't order their test at all. They're all surgeons, but they all have different needs. 
pain, frustrations. So you got to tell the story differently to each one. And after we did that, they had their highest revenue in 14 years. Now, all the salesperson had to do was identify who they were selling to, which type of persona group, and then move that person down through their own rabbit hole. Because nowadays, we don't see salespeople face-to-face, like they don't come into practices, and uh, most selling is remote. So if you can create rabbit holes, and do you know what I mean by a rabbit hole? Rabbit holes like where we all go to do research now on a product, a service, or a solution that we're interested in or exploring. And we go down that rabbit hole, and the next thing you know, we just lost an hour, but we gained a ton of knowledge. And the way that you do that is you create these hyper-relevant rabbit holes, and they, they have relevant information to that specific type of buyer, and it's called a customer journey page. You move them through the customer journey page with limited text, and then the videos on those pages are all the epiphany breakthrough stories that that buyer, a potential buyer needs to know like you know and believe like you believe the salesperson in order for a purchase to become a no-brainer. Once you've done that, you bring them through the rabbit hole and you provide the right information, really buying becomes easy. Oh gosh, I, I love this because I mean, it does, like it's, it, again, it makes sense. And to be able to really dive down and see, this is one of those things you can't just skip by, check a box, and do a one and done, set it and forget it. Like all those, all those things, which we have to be careful. I, I'm saying we, as in, in terms of marketers in sure. particular, we are notorious for moving on to the next bright, shiny object and either leaving something behind or just not doing it as thoroughly as we need. When those are usually the things that lead to either sale or one way or the other, successful business, one way or the yeah. other. Yeah. When we were just talking about these examples, how, are you familiar with cool sculpting? Like cool Sculpting is yeah. one of these billion-dollar companies. I think they're owned by Oregon, and they freeze off fat instead of liposuction. And Cool Sculpting, when they approached us, we discovered that they had a one-size-fits-all, but they were actually selling to three different types of customers. They're looking for people that have double chins. Yo, listen to this. You got a double chin. Listen in. Lean in, right? Like, oh, my God. Todd just said double chin. I got a double chin, right? Now you, I'm just giving you the example of something being hyper-relevant to you. It commands a higher level of attention. They have three customers. Double chin, somebody with excess belly fat, and somebody who's got stubborn 10 pounds of fat somewhere in their body, and they need to get rid of it. Those are three different people on three different journeys. If you try to sell them all on one journey, you're going to lose a vast majority of them. If you run ads to that one-size-fits-all page, you're going to say, wait a minute, this ad stuff doesn't work. But the reality is you've missed the most important element, which is making it hyper-relevant to the recipient. So for Cool Sculpting, they got three different journeys that we created for them with one for belly fat, one for double chin, and one for that stubborn last 10 pounds of fat. And then the photos on that page, like if you're talking about double chin, are all photos of people with double and triple chins. And then um, the videos and the text on the page are related to solving the double chin problem. And in doing so, when the person calls, when the patient calls and talks to a physician, even at the local practices, the physicians are rocking pages like this. Their offices know that they're talking to somebody who wants to get rid of that double chin. Don't send them the belly fat page. Send them the double chin page. And before you know it, 
you end up closing a significantly higher number of patients, but take this one step higher. Then when you run ads to it, the ad is targeting people that have double chins, piques their attention. Just like the Suns example, the Phoenix Suns, you now lean in on the double chin and now you're a patient at a much higher rate and those ads all of a sudden make sense. I love it. We've got to get to this point where this is the norm for everybody and especially in more traditional, a health system, a hospital system, not just, see, I almost started saying some of these more consumer facing practices because the fact is not every doctor thinks in this way that they even have to do much selling or marketing that somebody's automatically going to come to them because their primary care doctor referred them. And part of this is helping us all understand across the whole spectrum of healthcare, whether you're the provider, you're somebody in the practice, whether you're trying to sell into that practice, we all have to understand what's happening with healthcare itself and how it is more consumer focused one way or the other. And it's not going back. This last year has taught us that as well. So I'm, I'm really curious if, if we focus here for a moment on B2B marketers then in the healthcare space, yes. even, even more. You've got some tips, I'm sure, just, just in general for, for B2B marketing. I want to challenge the conventional wisdom that there's B2B marketing and B2C marketing, and they're different. Now, the reason I say that, now I understand, you know, well, Todd, we're selling to a business. And in another case, we're selling to a consumer. The reality is now both paths have blended into one. You're really only selling to a human. Everything going forward is S to H. There's no B2B or B2C. It's S to H, selling to humans. Humans require certain things. And if you uh, overcomplicate it, you've done yourself a disservice. So what do they need? They need certainty. They need clarity because if you confuse, you lose. And they need to be spoken to in a very way that is intimate and personal. So as you're going down a journey page for B2B or B2C, it's still going to be an individual, a human, who's going to make that final decision. And they, if in B2B, they're probably going to have to talk to another human in the process. In B2B, it's like even me as a founder of an agency, I don't make purchase decisions on my own. I talk to my executive team and we discuss it together. So I want to take that concept for a second. Now you understand the journey pages. We've talked about them before. The same concept applies in healthcare or if you're in B2B in healthcare, selling to other businesses. But what you really need to do is understand who are the people, the humans that are in the decision-making process that have different needs. So let's talk about a medical device. You cool if I do, Jared, a, a medical device for a second? 100%. So let's say you're like Medtronic, one of our clients. And I'm not going to talk about any of their products, but let's just say you're Medtronic. You've got a device for a surgeon, and that surgeon gets your the journey page that's for surgeons, and it's a breast surgeon. That's a different page, unique to his needs. He's going to need to know about surgery in the breasts and in the folds and the lymph nodes and how this device helps and so on. He's interested in the ergonomics, how it speeds up his ability to serve the patient and how it cauterizes and also how it vacuums out any type of carcinogens from the air so he doesn't breathe it in. All of them super important to the, to the surgeon. But you know what else? The surgeon doesn't set it up. 
people in the decision-making process is going to be the nurses in the OR with him. They need a different journey page than that, than the surgeon. And the nurse isn't the one making the purchase and neither is the surgeon. It's the hospital's value analysis committee. They're going to review it. So like, like some of my clients and friends are the top surgeons in the world and they get excited about a product and they march down the hall and they go and bang on the door. I want to talk to you about that, this device and really what they show. And this is where people stub themselves in the foot is they show the hospital value analysis committee the information that's designed for a surgeon. But those nerds are interested in the economics. How do we make more money here at the hospital? How much does it cost? Is it going to make our OR more efficient? Are we going to be able to get more patients in? What are the return rates like? And so on. That page for the people that are going to spend the money has to be an economic decision. So you've got to position it and you've got to train your team to know who are you talking to at what moment and run the right play by getting that page, that journey in front of them so they can go down their own rabbit hole. And that rabbit hole has to have limited text, 40 to 60 words per section. And whenever you've got a lot of knowledge to transfer, you give them the easy button. It's got a play button and they push a video and the knowledge goes in their head. So S to H is where this is all going. And the faster marketers get onto the path of selling to a human, the faster they will be at converting at freakish rates. I think this is where we've got to be. And I, I loved getting into that that level of this. In our time remaining here, Todd, I, I want I want to ask kind of a non-marketing question, if, if that's all right, because I know you you are passionate yeah. about uh, healthcare on a personal level. What drives you to be so passionate on behalf of your clients? Uh, I had a heart procedure in 2008. It was a Medtronic device that uh, helped save my life. In 2011, my stepmom was diagnosed with breast cancer. We started one of the largest cancer awareness initiatives uh, with some 1,400 videos for patients and 1.1 million followers generated in the year. And by the next year after we launched, my wife became the next breast cancer patient in the family. I know firsthand how confusing it is. I've never lost that. That guy is not in the past. He's still present with me. And I know how easy it is to help get people the information that they need in the right structured order at the right level of depth in order to help elevate patient outcomes. And so I've just devoted a good portion of my career to this. It's my favorite place. I would be bored selling somebody's widget. And I don't think there's anything more rewarding than getting to tell the patient outcome stories along the way about how a patient is impacted by higher quality of care from a facility or a device or a diagnostic test. And that to me is like, Jared, that's worth it all. That's the fun part. That's where your work is improving somebody else's life and uh, helping to stabilize their home. And a few people know how destabilized a home can be from a health ailment like I do. So I'm grateful. Thank you for sharing that, Todd. Thanks for going there. I think that's something that we don't ask and hear enough in healthcare, we need these reminders. We, we need the, the reminder of 
who and what it's for. And that's what's going to get us through yeah. all the shortcomings of the healthcare system itself. Uh, I'll say that for another day because maybe, maybe we could do a follow-up and I'd love to hear kind of like what, you know, what you think it's about a, the experience itself. Jared, I think there's a philosophy that I've seen out of, you know, worked for a lot of hospitals over the years, big name hospitals, the ones that are great, like legendary that are known around the world have a patient centric model. And the best ones train all their employees to think of every patient as their mom, their sister, their aunt, their wife. And in doing so, the quality of heart-centered care elevates. And I think marketers do their best work when they also think that anybody in that audience that's reading that ad, that's going down that rabbit hole, that's watching that video is just like the mother standard and being able to live up to that. I think that helps us all take our work to another level. Ah, I love it. What a great way to kind of wrap up this conversation, Todd. For listeners who are not familiar, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Is that LinkedIn or where, where's the best way? Yeah, LinkedIn's a great place. Uh, as Jed said, I try to drop knowledge bombs throughout the week. I've got a Toddcast, Video Marketing Mastery, or on like episode 400 and something. And ToddHartley.com or WireBuzz, my agency is a great place, WireBuzz.com. Well, thanks for giving us a few minutes and a ton to think about. I don't think anyone's going to disagree that we we gave them a lot to think about and uh, they're, they're going to be thinking for a long time about how to improve in some of these areas and I uh, expect to see results based on that and hopefully we'll hear from some of our listeners on, hey, something in particular, you know, uh, they tried it and they, they saw something improve as a result. So I always hope that happens. Hey, incidentally, before we say bye for now, anytime we speak to people intimately, we get better results and marketing that speaks to people is in intimate an intimate patient or somebody in a group and they know them well, you'll just get much better results every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so true. So true. Man, thanks again for giving us the time and uh, best of luck in everything you're doing, Todd. Thank you, Jared. Ed Marks here with Digital Voices, the only podcast for chief digital officers across all of healthcare and life sciences. Digital Voices is about the voice of the patient, the provider, the payer, pharma, big tech, retail, public health, really any part of the healthcare and life sciences ecosystem, that's the digital voice we wanna capture as we learn and break barriers across the entire spectrum. Join us weekly as we drop our pod. Thanks so much to Todd, and thank you for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation, and if you did, could you please subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast? Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. And don't forget to subscribe to the Shift.Health YouTube channel, featuring Season 2 of Now What? Go check it out at Shift.Health. It's all free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.